Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in. It is the early line, and we are live right here on Sports Grid on a Tuesday morning. I'm Kevin Walsh, joined, of course, by Donnie Wrightside, who's always here, though probably doesn't realize he doesn't work as much as I do. But I figured I'd jump back in the mix here, old DRS. How are we feeling? Feeling good, man. Shocking all as the people see old K-Dub a week later on the morning show. Fantastic, Kevin, mm-hmm. to have you back. Welcome in. Yeah, I had to just rest up from the fact that, you know, I was working double weekends, Thanksgiving Day, while you were sat back there enjoying, relaxing, and doing a whole lot of nothing. Speaking of a whole lot of nothing, Matt Ryan was in action last night. The Indianapolis Colts fall at home on Monday Night Football to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Matt Ryan under 200 passing yards, though he actually threw for more yards than Kenny Pickett. Welcome to the new NFL I guess final score here was 24-17 Pittsburgh's direction as they move to four and seven. Yeah, the one thing I do like about this game, which we'll break down a little bit further late in the show, is you're right. The new NFL where if you start a young quarterback, it doesn't matter how many yards he passes for as long as he doesn't turn the football over. That's a win. Mm-hmm. How do we get this way, K-Dub, with these young quarterbacks? And I'm not taking anything away from a buck 74 in the air, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and a win because that's what the main goal is. But, yeah, we've fallen pretty far on our quarterback standards. Yeah, like is is it the main goal? A buck seventy four, no touchdowns, but hey, he didn't throw yeah. any interceptions. Yep. I, I mean, the, the two primary conversations coming out of last night. Hey, look at Kenny Pickett and wh- what happened with the timeouts. And I'm like, I don't, I didn't watch the same game as anybody else apparently last night. But we will get into that along with some major major headlines across the National Football League, including including of course Aaron Rodgers awaiting. An MRI, everyone knows he's been dealing with the thumb injury, now adding some banged up ribs to the mix here. And there's some uncertainty around whether or not Aaron Rodgers will be a full go this week against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, sounds like he wants to play. He's owned the Bears in the past, but I can't stop taking victory laps on the Green Bay Packers. And you know how much I was looking forward to that Sunday night football game between the Eagles and the Packers to put that final nail in the coffin, which was done. But Aaron Rodgers, will he play this week? He wants to. Should he? Absolutely not. We'll get into not just Rodgers' outlook for the rest of this year, but maybe beyond Mm -hmm. this year 
as well. Deshaun Watson officially reinstated by the NFL after his 11-game suspension. His return this week, it really does feel like this is what they wanted. You certainly can't tell me that they're not interested in it. In Houston, I cannot believe that that's how this all worked out. The Browns are a seven-point favorite as Deshaun Watson will be back for the first time in a long time this week. I wonder if the NFL actually likes this situation, though, because what would have happened if the Houston Texans were fighting for a playoff spot and the Cleveland Browns were really good? This game would be center stage. But both of these teams stink, and neither is making the playoffs. Maybe the NFL likes it better this way. I really don't know because I part of me would have just figured you'd suspend him for 12 like you said you were going to instead of an insane 11-game number that gets him back on the yeah. field here to play. The Houston Texans, but again... Here we are. We'll talk about that game, where the line sits, maybe what it would look like if Jacoby Brissett was there. Uh, though, to your point, this is not the biggest game of the week. There are some really big games that are going to be coming up, including an AFC championship rematch between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. And some good news for Cincinnati as our radio audience enters the fold here on a Tuesday morning. The early line, Sirius XM, Channel 159. Jamar Chase, Donnie, looks likely to be back here against KC. Yeah, and also doubling down on that mix and progressing through the concussion protocol. I got to tell you, isn't that what we waited on here for Cincinnati? A statement game coming up against Kansas City would be nice if they were full goal across the board. See if they can challenge the best there in the AFC. See what I did? Ah, we'll get to to all of that. I might have a surprising opinion on kind of who needs to make a statement, though. In that game, uh, we also got some World Cup updates there. The World Cup certainly continuing to catch everybody's eye. We are, for a lot of these teams now playing what will be the final match day of group play, shifts the start times a little bit. Uh, I believe your first kick today will be at 10 a.m., and the games will be simultaneous there. Think basically your last week of the regular season in the NFL where every game that matters is played at the same kind of time to one another. That's how they'll do it, of course, at the World Cup. We saw yesterday both Brazil and Portugal advance. Brazil remaining the favorites at plus 210. And by the way, tough scene here at the FanDuel Sportsbook on an odds boost yesterday that had Ronaldo to score and also Portugal to win, claiming a goal. I mean, is it the hair? Is it the just miss? I mean, you see that ball go in the net. It's like, hey, that's a cashed-in ticket. And he celebrated like it was his. Should have just left it with Mm -hmm. Ronaldo. Man, that is... Did they, did they like, because for a while it said it was his goal. I wonder if they if they yeah. paid out, splashed the accounts, and they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Uh, let's bring that yeah. on back here. Deduction. Uh, bounce. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about Kevin Durant last night? Phenomenal. 45 points. Wildly efficient as the Nets beat the Orlando Magic. Though not all good news, Ben Simmons exited this game a little bit early. The Nets, though, move up to 500. Yeah, 0-3 on the night from the field. I actually wanted to take another victory lap on Ben Simmons last night until I realized he only played 11 minutes because he was injured, not because he didn't play well. But it's Kevin Durant's team. They go how he goes. No doubt about it. Uh, Also an awful loss for the Lakers last night as they lose at the buzzer to the Indiana Pacers. We'll get into that. A lot of college football conversation to be had as well, including Auburn finding their new head coach. Hugh Freeze makes the move from Liberty. A lot to get into here on a Tuesday morning. We go to Monday Night Football after this quick break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back with you right here on SportsGrid. Last night, the Indianapolis Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers faced off in Indianapolis on Monday Night Football. The Colts were a light favorite, and this was a low total, a two-point conversion, the difference maker for the over-under backers in this game. It goes un- uh, over the total. The Steelers win as a slight dog. The topic of conversation post-game, though, here, revolving around Jeff Saturday, which is to some degree not super surprising, Saturday winning the debut against the Vegas Raiders, hanging with the Philadelphia Eagles then in their first game in Indianapolis. Some signs of of optimism perhaps around Saturday. Maybe he could earn this job here. Last night's game, the first time real criticism seemed to creep in. Though I'm still trying to get a read on if this criticism is – kind of happening because people know that Jeff Saturday is on game number three in his NFL coaching career. The Colts driving down seven, entering into Pittsburgh Steeler territory uh, after picking up a fourth down, Donnie, opted to not use any of their timeouts. They ultimately turned it over on down on a third and three. They handed the football off to Jonathan Taylor. He was unsuccessful in picking up the first down. That is then when the Colts did ultimately get a timeout. Questionable pass interference, non-call at the end of the game. But the timeout's here. The topic of conversation for everybody, what did you make of it? They didn't run out of time, right? And that's the only thing you could probably take from the analysis here. Now, when I was waking up before I actually reviewed those final few plays here, I was under the guise and impression that he just took his three or two timeouts to the locker room at the end of the game when they could have stopped the clock to actually help them. Now, there's two things in fold here. Would I have called a timeout after one of the run? Yes, I would have called maybe a little bit earlier. But having said that, they didn't run out of time, Kevin. There was never a time crunch where like, oh my goodness, they got down to the three, it was first and goal, and they have two timeouts left, and the clock expired. That didn't happen because that certainly would have been an uproar. But I know Jeff Saturday is under the microscope. I would have called a timeout earlier to preserve some of the clock. But the reason why they lost the football game wasn't because of that. And also keep in mind, look at the score, 24 to 17. 
Let's just say they call all of their timeouts and Matt Ryan fires a dart to Pittman and they score with 28 seconds on the clock. Ooh, left them a little bit too much time to get in field goal range. That's probably what you would have heard as well. Even though it was a little bit unconventional, it had no impact on the actual finality of the game. There is seemingly one gigantic piece of the puzzle that everybody is missing. So after they pick up the first down, Matt Ryan is sacked because he's immobile. No timeout. Then on second and 17, Matt Ryan takes off for 14 yards. He is one of maybe two, him and Tom Brady. Honestly, I think Tom probably guts it out and gets the first down. But again, that's about the top, and that's the end of that list of guys that don't pick up a first down there. And put a pin in those two things. It brings up third and three. They still don't call the timeout. They hand the football off to Jonathan Taylor. Up until that point, by the way, on a third and three, everybody's thinking pass. I like the decision to hand it off to Jonathan Taylor as well. Up until that point, they have done everything correct. Because while everybody is sat here complaining, get a timeout, you're really just probably repeating what Buck and Aikman are saying on the broadcast. You seem to be forgetting something. The Colts had all three timeouts. So if they didn't use one on that fourth down because the clock was running, they had to. I'm pretty surprised that they didn't pick up a first down handing it off to Jonathan Taylor. You know exactly what would have happened, Donnie. Turnover on downs, and the Pittsburgh Steelers would have barreled Benny Snell into the offensive line three times for a whopping gain of two yards, and the Colts would have got the football back. Now, I know that they probably would have had to go 80 yards in about 20 seconds, but they would have got the football back. That's why Jeff Saturday didn't call a timeout. So everybody out there that thinks you outsmart Jeff Saturday, no. In fact, you're actually showing that Jeff Saturday knows way more than you do. I cannot believe, and again, by the way, as you laid out here, it's not where they lost the game. They lost the game because they didn't pick up a fresh set of downs. That's ultimately why they lost the game. But Donnie, uh, it was the right decision very obviously, if you are fully paying attention. Absolutely. Now, I agree with you there because when they, let's just say they actually tied it up and went to overtime. Nobody would really be talking about this. But again, the example of Jeff Saturday should not be the head coach. Let's watch every single move he makes and criticize it because would anybody have criticized if they scored a touchdown there and Jeff Saturday still had two timeouts or one timeout or if the clock ran out at the goal line, then you could say, okay, they messed this one up. But again, I didn't take too much out of it. If I didn't read the Twitter press clippings, or watch the game last night and just calmly watch the second half myself, I would watch the game like, oh, that's interesting. He didn't call a time. But it wasn't national news as if, my God, he calls the timeout. The Colts win. Why did you take these timeouts to the locker room? I didn't get that takeaway at all from this. And to the second point then, as I said, put a pin in the Matt Ryan sack and then scramble. It's time to go back to Sam Ellinger. <laughs> because a lot of people seem to forget that Matt Ryan deserved to be bench. Matt Ryan is not good. Last night, I was moving around a little bit. Donnie had missed some of the early beginnings of the game. Flipped open yeah. a box score. We were into the second quarter. And Matt Ryan was 0 for 4 with one interception. We were into the second quarter of the football game. So don't tell me that he's, oh, he's a great thrower of the football. No, he's not. Don't tell me you can't put a young Sam Ellinger out there because you don't want turnover problems. 
Matt Ryan is the turnover king right now in the National Football League, and he offers you less than zero mobility at the quarterback position. Enough is enough. Your season is over. Matt Ryan won't be back next year, and he's not giving you the best chance to win. Everybody is so positive that Sam Ellinger isn't the guy because he went to Foxborough and was left on three points. When last year, the Patriots went to Atlanta and left the Falcons with Matt Ryan on zero, and Matt Ryan was benched in that game for Josh Rosen, who was then, by the way, benched in that game for, for, for Felipe Franks. Enough's enough here. Matt Ryan is not the guy. We've known that for a while. Let Sam Ellinger play football, Donnie. They're not going anywhere with Matt Ryan as their quarterback. Hey, it could have sold me a little bit on Matt Ryan if they would have beat the, I don't know, three-win Steelers at home with a rookie quarterback. If you can't do that, there's no way the next week I'm sitting in meetings and having Jeff Saturday tell you, you know what? Best chance to win here is with Matt Ryan. No, your best chance to win is losing every single game so you can try to get a quarterback in the draft next year. That's really what it comes down to now for the Colts. And as much as Jim Irsay came into the locker room with Frank Reich and said, hey, you're going to play Sam Ellinger and that's that. And then Sam Ellinger stunk for two games and you fired him. And then let Jeff Saturday go back to the veteran quarterback. He stole a football game, but now with back-to-back losses. And also yesterday. Four, seven, and one. You win that game. What are you at this point now? Five and six. You can actually try to sell me slightly on, hey, you might be able to catch the Titans. Titans got to go to Philadelphia this week. They're probably going to take a loss in that one. We'll inch a little bit closer. But that's all dead and gone at this point. If you can't beat a three-win team at home, what are we fighting for at this point for the Colts? And uh, again, I don't uh, usually, right, a veteran quarterback is going to protect the football. No, he's not. No, he's not, right? That's pretty obvious right now if you're following along. For Pittsburgh, look, we haven't really had this now because we're deep enough into the season, but this is one of these games. The season-long outlook here is completely irrelevant. These are two dead-in-the-water teams. The Steelers, though, were hoping that they can see flashes from Kenny Pickett. And, And there were flashes, folks. But that's about it. Let's not go crazy now, huh? I mean... 6.2 yards per pass, 174 total, no touchdowns here. The two-point conversion throw was nice, though, Donnie. That's that's about it. It's all right, though. They they tried. It's it's fine. It's fine. The one good thing is Mike Tomlin, still obviously that guy, still clearly one of the 10 best coaches in football. Some odds movement next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, well, well. As we sit here on a Tuesday morning, we have a change. We have a shift. We have a new Super Bowl favorite. The Buffalo Bills have been the favorites to win the Super Bowl all year long. This was the Bills' year, and maybe it still can be. There's a lot of season left, but the Buffalo Bills for a long time now have not deserved to be favored over the Kansas City Chiefs and the books this morning getting it right. The Kansas City Chiefs check in at plus 430, the Buffalo Bills plus 450. Yes, I know the difference is slight, but it took a lot, a lot to get Kansas City to move to the Super Bowl favorites. Donnie, your thoughts as KC now sits here in this spot. It's Kansas City's to lose at this point, which is why we'll probably talk about the game coming up to Cincinnati. It's maybe the biggest game left on the schedule for the Kansas City Chiefs. And also taking a look at a tale of two seasons. Entering into the season, if you take a look at the Buffalo Bills, you say to yourself, okay, we don't really know what we're going to get out of the Miami Dolphins. It's two with a guy, new head coach. Maybe things don't go together. Yeah, Tyreek Hill comes over with Waddle, but we haven't seen that on the field. The Jets breaking in and a new quarterback once again in Zach Wilson to see if he's going to be their franchise quarterback. And then you had Bill Belichick and a defensive coordinator as an offensive coordinator, Mac Jones, who they don't want to throw the football. So we said to ourselves with the Buffalo Bills, Kevin, wow, maybe a little cakewalk in that division, a little bit of a tough fight for the Dolphins, but everybody else should be an absolute shoo-in. That hasn't happened here. Now let's flip it over to the other side here, AFC West. Oh, Man, Kansas City, I mean, the Raiders are a 10-win team. They're going to be in last place here. Look at the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. They're probably better overall than the Kansas City Chiefs. And watch out, Brandon Staley, boy genius of the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Boy, the Chiefs will be lucky to get unscathed out of the division and also maybe even not win the division, which makes them a wild card team at this point. That's not the case. You look at the Chargers. All right, 6-5 and five on the season. Vegas Raiders absolutely stink. The Denver Broncos are even worse. So, yeah, at this point in the season, the Kansas City Chiefs, who lost to the Buffalo Bills, have been taking care of their business while the Bills have not. So if we're going to have home field advantage come down to who I think is going to be the better team in the AFC, home field advantage rules in the playoffs. And when you're talking about two different environments, one game being played in Buffalo, one game being played in Kansas City, you're going to lean towards the home team, which right now is Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs are a minus 170 favorite to have the one seed in the AFC. The thing is, though, this isn't just about the division. Because that was true for a couple of weeks now. Though it's become abundantly clear. The rest of the AFC West is 13 and 20. The AFC East outside of Buffalo is 21 and 12. A monstrous, monstrous gap. 
But also, we heard about, well, Buffalo beat them this year. But this is And Buffalo beat them last year in the regular season as well. But I also think it has more to do with just the one seed. There were folks that believed that Josh Allen had surpassed Patrick Mahomes despite zero evidence of that. Again, the Josh Allen game, the crowning moment of his career came in a loss to Patrick Mahomes. Or maybe it was the fact that Tyreek Hill had left for Miami. Tyreek's as good as ever. A legitimate chance to win Offensive Player of the Year. It's going to come down to him and Justin Jefferson. The Kansas City Chiefs are the best offense in football. Yards per game, points per game, DVOA, take your pick. It's all Kansas City. They've earned this, not just this year, but last year and the year before that, because both of those seasons ended with the Chiefs eliminating the Buffalo Bills. And it still took us this long to get here. It is a bit remarkable, but they do finally have it right with the Chiefs being in front of the Buffalo Bills. However, the odds now, to me, while not massively separating, suggest that these are the two teams to beat in the sport. And that I take issue with. Because I don't think either of those are the two best teams in football. I think they're two of the three, but they are second and third, respectively, in my eye. The Eagles are the best team in the NFL. They sit there at plus 650. $2 back of Buffalo. How? Why? The Bills are now not even favorites in their conference any longer. And they remain in front of the Eagles, who are, by the way, minus 290 to be the number one seed in the NFC. And we've gone through this a million times. What are the people going to continue to do to poke holes in the Philadelphia Eagles game? I don't really know. Oh, man, come on, Jalen Hurts didn't even throw for 200 yards. Yeah, he had over 300 yards of offense in that win against the Green Bay Packers. Are you going to tell me it's the defense's fault? Because the defense was great the week before in Indianapolis. So what are we doing here? As the Eagles are, by a lot, the biggest favorite to have home field advantage, and that includes compared to Kansas City, the Eagles checked, for me, every box unbelievable run game, elite elite wide receivers, Jalen Hurts emerging. Defensively, they're definitely better than the Kansas City Chiefs. They've strengthened their front line, plus Jordan Davis will be back healthy and probably the best ball-hawking secondary in football. I know that you have to earn being favorites usually because there's some Mm -hmm. postseason trust that people want to build up. But we, again, sit here this morning with the headline that the Bills are no longer Super Bowl favorites. And all the Bills have earned is a couple of beatings from the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't mean to say that they lost by a zillion, but they lost both of those games. Why the Philadelphia Eagles aren't the favorites is honestly to me a mistake. But why they are sat there dining with a gap between these two teams and the same price as another team in the NFC is ridiculous. No, I, I do agree with you on this point because, you know, if you're looking at the odds market, again, the smartest man in the room is probably going to be the odds maker. We always say that. But I sort of question this because I think your your point of path here is correct. If the Chiefs and the Bills are the two best teams in football, as they're saying, 
to win the championship, they have to play each other before you even get to the championship. So my thought process would be, okay, if you want to stagger them a little bit, but you throw the Philadelphia Eagles in the middle because the Eagles are, to me, the best team here in the NFC. And also, we're, we're putting ourselves in here as the 49ers, and I love doing this here because you're trying to project what you think is going to happen in the playoffs. But also, to your original point is, why don't the Eagles get the respect? They're 10 oh, They haven't beaten anybody. They beat the 9-2 Minnesota. Like, that doesn't count. Ooh, the Dallas Cowboys look really good. Yeah, the Eagles beat them. Too. That doesn't count, though, because apparently Dak Prescott didn't play in that game. And, oh, man, well, you lost to Washington. We also beat Washington, so you can't have it both ways here as they're a favorite. And also, maybe the most competitive division in football is the Philadelphia Eagles division. And looking at their schedule, they're favored by by almost a touchdown against a pretty good Titans team here. They're going to play the Giants twice, who I don't think are all that good, but the record says they are. And maybe the only game you might struggle with here are the Cowboys on a 425 game here on Christmas Eve. Let's take that all out of the equation. If we're looking from a betting perspective, the 49 Elijah Mitchell just went down. Remember that one-two punch that you're going to have in the backfield? Oh, my goodness. She traded for Christian McCaffrey, which I love that move. I would do it every single time. Did you check the reports this week on the injuries? Of course, I just said Mitchell's going to be down for a while here. But how about Christian McCaffrey? Now's the time to shine. Uh-oh, knee soreness here. So what are we looking at for the 49ers, who are clearly more banged up than the Philadelphia Eagles, even though we don't know the final outcomes of Gardner-Johnson in that secondary? And yes, they are ultimate ball hawks here. But if we're going to go toe-to-toe and just use simple football analytics, the Eagles are going to be the number one seed. The Eagles are going to play San Francisco at home. Is San Francisco even going to make that game is the bigger question than whether or not they can beat the mm. Philadelphia Eagles for me, Kevin. Of course I agree. And the thing is, some folks out there, I'm sure, ah, they're biased. I have money on the Niners to win the Super Bowl. Not a dollar on the birds. You think I don't want to check in here and let you know that this is the Niners' Super Bowl to lose? The Niners are 25-1 to 1 to be the number one seed in the NFC. 25-1. to 1. They are more likely to lose the division to the Seahawks than catch the Birds. But again, because this whole who have they beat crowd, you're my favorite. Let's go through it, shall we? Week number two, the Niners go out there. They beat the Seattle Seahawks. Boy, is that a crowning achievement compared to everything else? They beat the Rams. Wow. They beat the Panthers. Okay. They beat the Rams again. The Chargers with no wide receivers by six Colt McCoy and Andy Dalton. I'm sorry. What's the crowning achievement here? What's the big win here? Because you know how we always say, Donnie, we've been telling people this for a month now, they would like to see the Eagles schedule the Chiefs or the Bills, Coastal Carolina, BYU style. Well, the Niners played the Chiefs at home and lost that game 44-23. They didn't look at the level, not one bit. Oh, yeah, and their quarterback, still Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey, look, man, the Niners got a lot of talent, a head coach that we say a lot of good things about here on this show. But they have not even come close, close to earning their current numbers. All of those numbers are bad bets right now. And also, if you take a look at their schedule coming up, major challenge against the Dolphins. I know they get the Buccaneers at home they should handle, but it's still Tom Brady on the road against the Seahawks. The Commanders are now an upstart trying to make the playoffs. The Raiders, who look like they found maybe that elixir on offense, and you end the season with the Cardinals, who might try to splash your season. Tougher schedule here than the Philadelphia Eagles on the way out, too, but apparently their four losses don't matter. <laughs> That's right. No, 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 no. It doesn't, it doesn't matter when you lose to Marcus Mariota. The Birds would never. We'll be right back. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. As we finish out another week of action in the National Football League, we are left, as always, with some questions. Specifically at the quarterback position. We begin in New York with the Jets and Mike White, who stepped in for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson has thrown one more touchdown pass this season than Mike White. He's actually thrown less touchdowns than Joe Flacco. The New York Jets went out there and beat up on the Chicago Bears, and Mike White was excellent in the game. 315 yards, almost 80% of his passes completed, three touchdowns, no interceptions. You, on your right side, believe this was a mistake to go to Mike White. So I now ask you, should they stick with Mike White? Put it this way. Mistake to go with Mike White, yes. Did it work out Sunday? Absolutely. Should they stay with Mike White now the rest of the year? You're going to have to. Now, hear me out on this, because I don't look for the health of the franchise in the short term. It's about winning championships. It's not about wasting draft picks. It's finding out exactly what you have. Now, also, if we're taking a look at Sunday, I'm not even saying that Zach Wilson, Kevin, would have came in on Sunday afternoon in the rain and performed nearly as well as Mike White did, because he was phenomenal. 22 of 28, 315, three touchdowns, no interceptions. This wasn't a dome game against the Bears. This was in terrible conditions all the way through, and his wide receivers making catches, not because they hate Zach Wilson and they would drop his passes, but he throws a catchable ball. He was wonderful on Sunday. He deserves to stay there, but hear me out on this. Let's go, Jets fans, and take a look at the remaining parts of your season. Let's just say you do make the playoffs. Okay, fine and good. Mike White's a free agent at the end of the year. You pay him 25 million bucks to stay, 20 million bucks, 15 million bucks, whatever it would take here to be a franchise quarterback. No. So you're winning for the now. Now, hear me out on this side of it. Flip it over to Zach Wilson. 
He drafted him number two overall. It's a lot of capital to give up to try to find your franchise guy. Yeah, he wasn't well-liked around the locker room. Sometimes humbling the kid is what you can do. And maybe they had these conversations in the locker room with Robert Sala three weeks ago. Hey, look, man, even though you win in football games, man, hang out with the team, you know, pat him on the back, give him some shout-outs in the media. They like that stuff. Yeah, no, 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 I'm the number one quarterback. I get all the shout-outs when we win regardless of how I play. Maybe that was happening here. But I thought it was the perfect spot to put Zach Wilson in, tail between his legs, beat the Chicago Bears, regain the trust of that locker room, and move forward and try to see if he can get the team into the playoffs and if he really is your franchise guy. So what you're telling me right now is I don't want to hear anything outside of this argument where it's like, oh, okay, Zach Wilson's going to be out, but he's still going to come to training camp and he's going to vie for a job. Can you imagine that? Benching your franchise guy, making the playoffs. Mike White leaves the franchise. Now, hey, great, Zach Wilson's back. He's going to try to win this again. No, he's not. It's over for Zach Wilson. I thought the best part of the Jets team this year was watching a quarterback sink or swim in Zach Wilson to see if he's going to be your future. Not only did you burn the future with him where he can't come back and play for the New York Jets, but now Mike White might make the playoffs and there's actually going to be talk inside the Jets facility that this was always your franchise guy. Stop the madness. Good for the Jets this year. Terrible long-term for the New York Jets. No shock here. Major disagree. Zach Wilson, sink or swim. I don't know if you've been watching. He sank to the bottom, and he ain't getting up. It's been pretty clear for a while now. Donnie, Joe Flacco, over his three games, 300 passing yards per game. Mike White, in his one start, 300 passing yards. Zach Wilson, 182 per game. Flacco, in his three starts, five touchdowns. Mike White, in his one, three Zach, in his seven, five. None of these numbers are defensible. You don't think Zach Wilson's good. You know he's not, in fact. So why are we pretending that this team, who has an opportunity to snap the longest playoff drought in the NFL right now, shouldn't give themselves the best chance to make the playoffs? Because... I don't see Zach Wilson being back next year at all. And if he is, that's a mistake. But he's made it very clear he's not the guy. Off the field and on the field. If they want to bring Mike White back, then so be it. But if he does, that probably means he earned it. And he won some good games. Next two are tough at Minnesota, at Buffalo. If he wins one of those games pretty impressive then there's a couple of light ones on there with Detroit and Jacksonville in your own building they close it out at Seattle at Miami they have a real chance here sat at seven and four three wins 10 and seven probably gets you there and again if Mike White does enough then good for this football team I don't think he's going to command 25 million dollars at what would be the age of 28 years old with really minimal reps, again, even if he holds this job the rest of the way. But I don't look at the Jets turning to Mike White, but more importantly, I don't see Zach Wilson as the guy at all. So why would you cater to him, Donnie? They don't need to. Joe Douglas is good. Robert Sala is good. So why not give the other 52 guys the best chance to make the playoffs when you know Zach Wilson isn't the answer. 
Here's what I would have loved for the Jets to have done here. And I know we can't flip-flop schedules, but let's just say the Jets didn't play the Bears this week. Would have been the perfect time to sit him down and then send Mike White after the Bills or the Minnesota Vikings to get slapped around there. And then you go back to Zach Wilson. Maybe it would have worked out. I just thought it was the perfect opportunity to play one of the worst teams in football and uplift your young draft pick where if he throws two touchdown passes and they win the football game, all signs point ahead. Look at me. I'm 6-2, and two, and maybe the light comes on because he's way more talented than Mike White. And the only thing that I leave this year is the future of the New York Jets is not Mike White, but it could be Zach Wilson. That's it. That's what I get out of because I understand your opinion here where the Jets haven't made the playoffs in a long time, but also counter that same thing by saying, I agree now. Once Mike White is in the football game and once he's playing, you got to ride it out all the way through, and he should be the starter the rest of the year. But I thought it was the perfect landing spot. If you're Mike White, you got that call for Robert Sala on Tuesday as they said, hey, you ready to roll as a quarterback? You're going, oh, my God, what an unbelievable chance to go against a horrendous team. I can only do good because, hey, we're going to win the game, and if I shine, I'm going to stick and be the starting quarterback, which is why you saw those sideline shots of Zach Wilson with the hoodie on and the ski cap on with the little earpiece and listen to the plays. You know deep down he's going, man, Mike White just got to play the freaking Chicago Bears, and here I am sitting here. Yay, another touchdown. All right, we won. He's got to be dead inside at this point. Oh, I'm sure he's devastated, but <laughs> I don't know. Could Zach Wilson have played well against – any of the teams that he played in his seven starts? Could Zach Wilson have done enough in, I don't know, one of 20 of the games that he was this team's quarterback? See, the thing is, if we're honest, Mike White actually has a better chance to be this team's answer than Zach Wilson because we've seen it's not Zach Wilson. Let's go to Green Bay. Let's go to Green Bay. You and I maybe agree here a little more. The Packers are done. Absolutely, absolutely dead and buried. I do think they are better than their 4-8 record, but that is obviously irrelevant. Aaron Rodgers is injured. Now in a number of ways, and this team does not have an outlook to make the postseason. See, I always like to up the ante because everybody right now is asking, will Aaron Rodgers shut it down? I don't know if he will, but the answer is so obviously yes that I almost find it to be a waste of time. I have no idea why he thinks he needs to go out there and beat the Chicago Bears one last time. If that's really all that important to him, fine. If he plays one of the final four games out of the bye, that is absolutely ridiculous. But again, as I said, I prefer to up the ante. So, Donnie. I'm not going to ask you, will Aaron Rodgers play again this year? Have we seen Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Green Bay Packer? No, we have not. Because I do think that Aaron Rodgers will be back next year as a starting quarterback for the Packers. Because I'm going to assume, just like when you sign, I don't know, quarterbacks, Kevin, the $50 million a year, multiple years. If you move on from that quarterback after one year, you probably have to cut half of your football team to make up for that dead cap hit, which I don't know what it would be, 30 40 $50 million just to trade him here. But also, agreeing with the spot here, he can't play the rest of the year. It doesn't make any sense. Because let's use our thinking caps here, specifically for Aaron Rodgers. Hey, look, what's the best case scenario for the Green Bay Packers here? I get benched 
Jordan Love plays well. Jordan Love is now a topic of conversation in the offseason where we can actually spin him off for a football player or a high draft pick here if Jordan Love does play well. I'll come back and be the starter. And wow, the Green Bay Packers actually drafted me legitimate talent on offense to help me and didn't keep me with a backup quarterback in Jordan Love because Aaron Rodgers playing out the string for a season that's going nowhere and you're not making the playoffs doesn't make any sense to me at this point, particularly with a thumb injury that's not getting any better and is going to need surgery, and now you're dealing with an oblique. So the last thing I want to do now is get my head caved in because I can't even escape the pocket, and for what? We're not making the playoffs. And yes, he has beaten the Chicago Bears soundly throughout his career, but the strength of the Green Bay Packers in the offseason just might be trading Jordan Love. And I saw yesterday an Adam Schefter report on the field. They were saying, like, hey, do you think Adam Schefter, excuse me, do you think you know Aaron Rodgers is going to play this weekend? And Schefter was kind of ominous going, it might not be his decision. They might just have the medical team come out and be like, yeah, you know what? We're not going to let this guy play. It's IR and take it completely out of his hands and head coach Matt LaFleur. Which would be the right decision. Rodgers does not... There is no benefit to playing Aaron Rodgers anymore. There, He gets more hurt. That's a nightmare. He wins you football games. Who could possibly care? If Jordan Love comes in and he's great, as you've mentioned, you could flip him for picks. Or maybe he's your guy. And if he's terrible, then you know he's terrible. You know you don't have anything to do with him. And you put yourself in a better position come draft day. But as far as the big picture goes, I know the cap is weird, but time and time again, I just find myself not really believing in it. I know there would be a lot of dead money that have to be sorted around. If he were traded after June 1, arbitrary dates, uh, it would be $15.8 million in dead cap next season and then $24 million in dead cap the following year. Though, I would like to believe... That if Aaron Rodgers wants out, there could be some restructuring of a deal to make this all possible. Aaron Rodgers had a chance to leave this past offseason. And somehow, Devontae Adams ended up in Vegas, and Rodgers is still here in Green Bay. Now, I know the Christian Watson plays look real, real exciting, but I don't really know if Aaron Rodgers is going to come and run it back based on the potential of Christian Watson. I certainly cannot imagine, though maybe this is a mistake by me, that he is foolish enough to believe this front office is going to bring him pieces who have constantly shown him all that means is we will bring you back Randall Cobb. And again, that might be Aaron's fault because he thinks that is good enough here. And if Jordan Love looks good, and boy, did everybody buy into Jordan Love with two garbage time drives against the Philadelphia Eagles. But if he does, Gutenkuntz, LaFleur, they're going to want to go to Jordan Love. Don't rule it out. He might be done in Green Bay. Get your little college basketball. We'll close out the hour next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. 
the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's close out hour number one today. Uh, the college basketball slate looks pretty solid, uh, but we've got the ACC Big Ten Challenge that will likely be uh, catching the main focus of all involved. Uh, some really good games involving ranked teams. I know, though, for you, Donnie, the one most interesting, Illinois-Syracuse. Yeah, how about this too, Kevin? Real quick here. The ACC Big Ten Challenge is going to end because the ACC is going to start taking on the SEC, which is kind of interesting in a few years here for this little branding process. But yes, interesting game nonetheless between Syracuse and Illinois tonight. First true road test here for Syracuse. If we take a look at these two ball clubs coming in here, three and three for Syracuse, five and one here to Illinois. And keep in mind, the only loss that Illinois had was actually the UVA. It's a pretty strong program this year. You know where this game's going to come down to? As always, Kevin, right? Against Syracuse's matchup zone. Who can shoot the three-point shot, but sometimes it's not always about making it. Even though 38% of the time right now, Illinois is making their three-point shots. That's top 50 in the country. But hear me out on this one. Styles make fights, Kevin. You know the way to beat that matchup zone is shoot over it. 46% of total attempts, Kevin, on defense for Syracuse, they come from the three-point line, so shooting over that. Now, if we take a look at Illinois on offense, how about this? 46% of their offensive shots come from behind the arc. Match made in heaven. If the three ball rains down, Illinois is going to smash Syracuse tonight. So keep an eye on the three-point line tonight. Illinois shooting, Syracuse defending. That's where the game's going to come down to. Love it, love it, love it. I know we're still a while away from you having all of the information you need for oh, college sorry. basketball yeah. team totals, but uh, we're getting closer, I think, than all realize. The other two games involving ranked teams, the big game, Michigan, Virginia, Virginia all the way up to three in the latest AP poll. They're going to be a road favorite of four here at Michigan. You wonder, could you buy low a little bit on the Wolverines? I'll likely be on the total in that game over. Virginia is better on the offensive side of the ball than the defensive side of the ball. The other ranked game, number 22, Maryland, who's 6-0 and against Louisville, who is 0-6. Mm. Maryland is 5-1 and against the number. Louisville, 0-6. Give me Louisville. They cover. They might just win outright. Hour number two is coming up. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.